Jane. Hey, Issa. <laughs> Hi, Issa. This is Under the Bleachers. We're two adults who watch and discuss movies for teens. This week, I'm really excited. Jennifer's Body. Uh, but first, friend of the pod, Emily, sent in uh, an item about teens that I shared with Jane this morning. <laughs> Did you get any visual accompaniments? Okay, I did way? look up I did look up the TikTok that she was referencing, but I, you don't need to watch any video. So if you are on our Patreon. You may send us things about the teen, and you're an adult, aka over the age of 25. You may send us things that the teens are doing that confuse you, which is what Emily does. Um, she gets hot tips from her teen correspondent in her life. Um, and what it is, is teens are apparently stealing items and putting it in a TikTok and calling it devious licks. Is that right? Did I get that right, Jane? I think so, but. Okay, so they're just stealing things. Yeah, so the <laughs> it's sort of like a prank. It's it's haha. We like took like one of the bigger TikToks was like someone stole a bunch of COVID testing kits from a clinic, which I think is bad. I think that's morally yeah bad. <laughs> um, and then like the the reason it got on fucking NPR is they stole like a sink. <laughs> Oh my gosh. High school this bathroom. Is just, this is criminal behavior that we have to crack down on. You sound like the Polk County Sheriff who, <laughs> who said, I do not think it is cool to damage and steal property at your school. While at school, learning is cool, stealing and damaging are not. I feel like there should have been a rhyme there. Yeah, he should have. Well, he had a little internal rhyme. Um, it is it is like if you go and look up devious licks that's what's going on but they also they also do stuff like they they'll post a lick and say oh god i can't believe i just said that they'll say i just hit the biggest lick okay this is going to be a <laughs> vegan ice cream store in like 6 months devious licks um, the only other teen encounter I had, Jane, recently was that you and I were in L Train Vintage and a bunch of boys came in and were like crew necks for days. Remember I told you about that? Yes. They were just really excited to see a whole rack of crew necks and then they kind of like um manspread me out of the crew neck section <laughs> at a young age. <laughs> which I which I was pretty annoyed about. Um But speaking of, you know, rage at um men in our lives we should introduce who chose this movie all right this great D this great movie about being angry dima kronfeld is the deputy editor of reductress hello hi hey hey guys thank you for having me thank you hey. so much for being on the show and picking a dope movie yes of course i cannot um, wait to get into it we always ask everyone who comes on the show what type of teen were you back in the day? Yeah, so <laughs> I was a, like, stoner but also pretentious teen. Mm. Um, like, I went through my sort of film boy phase, thankfully pre-college. I got it out of my system. So I was very, like, 
Tarantino, Coen Brothers, Wes <laughs> Anderson. But of course, like, I felt even cooler because I was in high school, you know? So I wasn't, Yes, like, yes. But, yeah. Um, so I guess my answer is I was really fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was awesome. Uh, I peaked, ultimately. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good answer. That's also uh, a unique answer. I don't think we've had any film teens we haven't had we haven't had pretentious teens um <laughs> or, or no one or no one who wanted to admit it yeah um one that's time what makes you cooler i talked to right. this person i talked to this person at a like i went to like a prospective students event for my undergrad to to be a young alumni talking to high school students and this kid was talking mm. about how he and his friends would all sit around and watch every oscar nominee every year and they would like hold a little film festival and then they like went back and watched every oscar winner ever oh i was like okay every yeah <laughs> wait what am, yeah lot. yeah that's that's like wait when did it start i have no idea when it started i would like uh th- there's 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 maybe three oscar winners that i really love i would show up for chicago night and then be like i'll be back uh later um, oh, if you were I in, did if you were in their friend group yeah i did have um, <laughs> I did have a birthday party that for some reason we we themed Oscars, which makes no sense because I <laughs> and originally I was like, we're going to watch all of the Oscar nominees. But then we just ended up watching Slumdog Millionaire, which hell yeah, <laughs> what kind of birthday party for 16 year olds wearing party dresses? Hell yeah. We were just sitting around watching Slumdog Millionaire. That's awesome. <sighs> That movie had a moment, and I think it was because for millennials, it came at a time where where maybe people were first starting to maybe discover that they were depressed, and that movie is just like a burst of serotonin in the end, and you're so oh, happy, and with a like, lot of oh, depressed depressing news ending. along the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's like, "Oh, what a what a happy story in the end." And it's also, like, no, Jai Ho, me. the the Pussycat Dolls. Yes, Jai Ho. They... Yes. <laughs> What a, what a moment that is actually like very large in my teen like <laughs> like cultural cultural scape um speaking of which uh Dima would you like to tell us when when you watched this movie for the first time what's your relationship with this movie yeah absolutely okay so the the truth is, I feel like I am not presenting myself well. I already told you I was a pretentious <laughs> teen. And now I'm going to tell you, I first watched this movie only this past year. Well, I watched it during lockdown because cool. I felt that it was my time. But I rewatched it yesterday <laughs> Your in time preparation to... for this. <laughs> my time to what? To pass away from COVID-19. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You were so no, yeah. Your thought was, "I'm probably gonna die. I have to watch Jennifer's yes, body." I didn't want to leave this earth not having seen Jennifer's body, and now I've seen it twice. But I do think that my relation to it, my relationship to it, is like interesting. Like it fits into the like paratextual framework of this movie in that it came out when I was in middle school, and I remember that the branding like the marketing of this movie was very much like megan fox sexy Mm -hmm. teen Mm -hmm. and you know i'm sure we'll talk more about that and like how that does and doesn't match with the film and how that like 
you know, missold it or whatever. But that was my impression of it. So I was like, this is probably not in this language. Um, but I just thought it was like a teen exploitation, whatever. And yeah. I thought that it was going to be like really sexist and gross. So I always avoided it. And then, you know, over time, like people are always talking about this movie and it's so significant to so many people. So I knew I had to watch. And I don't want to make my answer too long, but I will say that when I watched it during lockdown, I hated it. <gasps> um, I know, I know. But wow. when I watched it yesterday, I liked it. <laughs> oh, interesting. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so much has so that. much has changed for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From yeah. the first watch to this watch. <laughs> I uh, think I just my- needed to go outside, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> my answer is actually really similar in that I, I also remember the branding. I remember specifically seeing like a huge you know how in some movie theaters they have those huge cardboard setups? Where yeah. they're kind of like the characters are sort you of can, lifelike. You can like stand with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I remember seeing her there. And I also specifically oh. remember seeing Transformers with Megan Fox and like feeling. Mm. V- I, I was on a date, but there was also a third guy. You know how there's just like a third guy? Um, <laughs> and I, I felt very intimidated by Megan this Fox. gorgeous like per like archetype of like sexuality oh um, i thought i thought you were gonna say megan fox was the third on your date because if only. i mean she i mean she was sort of yeah um but but i i was never anti-megan fox i've always i've always been a fan but i had the same feeling of like oh this is just a weird sexy movie um yeah. and mm. then similarly i think i watched this movie for the first time within the past two years Isa, did we watch this movie together? Did I, I make have that no up? idea. I was literally trying. I was like asking Nate, like, did I watch this movie with you? Did I watch it with friend? Like, I don't fucking know. Okay, I definitely watched it with Walter. I want to say I watched it with Isa. Uh, who knows? But I don't remember. And I then I watched it the other day, and I'll leave it there. Isa, what's um, your relationship? So my the first time I heard about this movie, one of my best friends in high school or middle school and high school, Anna. We were talking about Transformers, and she was like, yeah, Megan Fox is so beautiful. And she was like, Jennifer's Body, great movie. And, like, now I'm, like, looking back, I was like, I've never heard of this movie. Like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And it didn't really have a good, like, a long run because, like, we can talk about, like, I don't know. It, di- mm-hmm. it didn't really do as well as maybe they hoped. And um, so it kind of faded from my consciousness. And then when I watched it again, I was like, similarly, like, this is not what I expected. But I think I watched it back when I would say it was like around the time of like a later Transformers movie. There was like there were a bunch of interviews where they were just talking to Megan Fox and she was like, I'm not what people like think I am or I'm just like, I don't know, just like more of a person like I, I'm a little tired of being objectified or something. And then I like watched it sort of like after thinking about that for a while. Um, but I, but I did really like it at the time. And this is, I guess, my third watch. And I think I've, like, watched it enough. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think this is a movie you have to watch over and over. But, but you know, enough time had passed. What I was going to ask, what was, um, what was your relationship or other teens in your lives' relationship with the Transformers series? <laughs> the Transformers movies. Well, mine, this is a short answer because none like I still I've (laughs) never seen any of them and I don't know anything about my own like my impression of the Transformers movies and I literally I 
this is true. I like, are they cars? Like they're cars <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> they're people. They're they cars transform. and they can become ro- robots. Big, Big robots. Okay. Big. <laughs> I think it's so fascinating that it's car based in this way. Yes. I don't know. That it's doesn't. Car-based. That doesn't speak to me. Yeah. Jane, what about you? Did people at your high school, like, watch it? Yeah, but I, again, I did not hang out with boys. Like, I I didn't have a lot of, uh, I didn't have a a foot in in male culture. So, like. In the car world. And I had absolutely no interest in this, obviously. And see, I I mean, the fact that I went on a date and saw this movie is absurd. Um, (laughs) And that's, that's the only time I've seen Transformers and. Yeah. I hope it's the only time I ever do see Transformers. I saw I saw the first Transformers movie on my birthday, and it was because Shia was in it, mm. and I really liked the movie Disturbia, which is about <laughs> when he's like a teen looking at someone getting murdered next door or something. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But and then I watched it and was like, "This is cool," but like it's fine. And then one of my friends was like, "That was an amazing movie." And I was like, can't relate, can't relate. Um, but that's okay. <laughs> so does it sound like we are we are, you know, leaning pro Megan Fox as a as a celeb in this chat? Or like what what's the vibe? I'm pro and also I it's sort of like this is sort of timely because she's sort of having a renaissance. She's having, she is she's having a moment, yeah. Which I, I think like is her. wonderful. Yeah. I like her. I oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I sense hesitation. Listen, there's not hesitation. I'm I'm not gonna be like I'm anti Megan Fox. Like I think that would be the worst position ever. I can't imagine feeling that way nor defending it. But I think that like once again, I definitely bought in to like whatever internalized misogyny etc like I feel like in high school I didn't like her um but I probably well something that's interesting about Megan Fox as a public figure and as a celebrity is she's sort of known for saying crazy shit right you know like that is a part and I think that I've grown to respect that more and also to just understand that like celebrity is like such a crazy making and fucked up thing like anyone who (laughs) the real victims of our society (laughs) Um, but I do kind of feel that way especially with a a figure such as Megan who was like so fucked over by just like the misogyny in that field um and in the like public consumption of her um so yes I'm pro I'm pro in that like I wish her the best but I'm not necessarily like uh uh, I don't have a personal connection a stan I'm not a stan I'm not a stan um I think I'm pro Megan Fox except the like annoying picture with the with machine gun kelly at the at the where they're licking where like they're licking (laughs) and then who's the other couple in the photo that's also licking kardashian speaking of devious licks kardashian (laughs) and a a drummer yeah i also like didn't recognize the other two i just like cannot i'm not 
as big i'm not a big like kardashian verse like fan so i couldn't recognize her from the mm-hmm. side profile i think it's courtney courtney and i want to say travis barker um yes i think that's right um that Me- right. megan fox was bullied in middle school oh wait wait i need to ooh. add something quickly oh go ahead she was an american ashley film oh and it's i think it's the one that's called like holiday in the sun and she sort of plays the villain who wants the boy that one of the twins gets with and she says an iconic line which is i get what i want and what i want is jordan his name is is jordan um and she's incredibly cast um also I was involved in the school's, my school's like GSA, no surprise, and we put up too many posters to try and like be relevant and annoying and self-righteous. And one of the posters <laughs> we put up was of Megan Fox and it, how she's like bisexual. And some oh, girl yeah. who I know, I know who you are, but I'm not going to say who you are. She was like, she's married to a man. So I don't like, I don't, she's not, that's actually not true. Oh and I, in that moment, in that moment. <laughs> I knew I was smarter than her. You knew, and like, I'm but keeping you, that with me. I'm keeping that with me. That's your first expo. That's you. That was your first bisexual erasure. Like yes, exactly. Like time in your life. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I do remember. She was maybe one of the first celebs that I remember being like, "Oh, she's bisexual," and like, I, I, I think this movie. I was like 12 when this movie came out, so I must have been like fairly young teenager, like thinking about mm-hmm. her. Um, but yeah, she she was bullied not not for her looks as you might expect, but she was just like I think it sounded like she was just like rude, like which is great. <laughs> like she was like she did say the classic like oh I always got along better with boys, which whatever. But she also yeah, just yeah. said like I did like rub some people the wrong way. Like I think she knows she was just like kind of rude. She said I have a very aggressive personality, <laughs> and people yeah. didn't like that. And I was like that that kind of rocks. <laughs> I think I read that too. It does feel like a situation of like being bullied because you're just like too beautiful and too mean. And yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that that's a really hard cross to bear. And I'm glad she's <laughs> speaking on it. Um, she also said about her bisexuality. She said, um, you know, I have no question in my mind about being bisexual. Um, shout out to that girl in Jane's high school. But I'm also, <laughs> she said, I'm also a hypocrite. I, I would never date a girl who is bisexual because it means they also sleep with men. And men are so dirty that I would never want to sleep with a girl who had slept with a man. What? I'm so, I'm so glad you brought this up because I am intimately familiar with this quote. I say that like she said it to me. Like, this is how <laughs> Megan Fox rejected me. She was like, you've been with men. But I have read this quote, and yeah, this, okay, this is what I was kind of referencing when I very vaguely said, like, Megan Fox says crazy shit. It's yeah, stuff like yeah. this. I'm where... sort of like, are you doing a bit? Like, <laughs> That's the question. And I think the answer is yes in a broad sense of, like, all public personas are kind of a bit. Wow. Um, wow. But yeah. Speak on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also think that she does. I think she says what's on her mind. I don't yeah, think that these yeah. are like carefully curated statements. <laughs> I, yeah, she did say that. 
I, I want to um, amend my former statement because I might not be a <laughs> Megan Fox fan, but I am a huge fan of her Instagram captions. Oh, I don't know I, if you're I'm not familiar. familiar. Okay. They're just like really, really passionate um, sort of like love poems to her partner, Machine Gun Kelly. Um <gasps> And they have, like, huge, like, goth high school couple vibes mm, to them, uh, which I yeah, think is yeah. so right for her. And, I, yeah, I think she's in a good place. I don't think that she would say, <laughs> I'm being I agree. PR for her. I don't think she would say that today. <laughs> I also think that there's been um, there's been a cycle of kind of, women being like men are gross too bad i can't live without them and now we've kind of come full circle and like we we can't we don't say that any like we we don't say that like we can't we not, can't live without it's, them it's not no it's not it's not cool to be like like yeah, the, cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. the cool girls don't hate yeah, on men they like, like have you know a what long-term I mean? relationship yeah 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 right but it's ultimately like much more misogynistic of her being like a woman who has been with a man is soiled like that. Yeah, feels- no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gross. <laughs> it is really like funny. Like when I saw that in the movie, <laughs> I was like, "This is amazing!" Like I'm so glad this was immortalized yes. for like the aliens to find one day. <laughs> like, yes. When study when studying human gender, <laughs> um, <laughs> I was gonna say okay. Um, I'm gonna be vulnerable and say I don't know how to say Amanda. Amanda, S- I don't know how Seyfried? to say her last name. last name. I um, say Seyfried, but I'm not saying okay. that that's right. <laughs> um, what it? What is our relationship to her on this pod, if any, Dima? <laughs> okay. Um. The I feel like once again I am now like terrified <laughs> of this persona that I have created in this space of like who I am. This is not who I am. But okay, ugh, fuck me. So have you guys seen First Reformed? Yes. yes, yes. Okay, good, good. I that's unfortunately I no, it's not unfortunate. I love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies, and I think that's okay. I think that Paul Schrader yeah. is a complicated figure. Um, but somehow he has made some good work. So I love that movie and I, I love her in that movie. I think she's very talented and like, I I also, I mean, obviously Mean Girls, uh, Mamma Mia. I mean, her career has been expansive, Mm -hmm. um, and laudable. Yeah. I think she's a hero. Yeah, that's true. I feel like she's always, (laughs) she has always like sort of like stolen the scene um in in mean girls especially but i really i i think i i liked her in mamma mia i was gonna say so for my just a comment on first reformed i read this Mm. piece where wait who's who's the lead in first reformed dima Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. Okay, someone wrote this um, review where they were like, "Unfortunately, Ethan Hawke in a priest outfit is doing it for me." And I sent that to <laughs> I sent that to you, Issa. And I really yeah, liked yeah. that movie. It was so weird. It's much weirder than like the typical movie I'd enjoy, but I liked it. Um, for me, she is Veronica Mars. She is um, a pivotal oh. part of the first season of Veronica Mars, and she's incredible in it. So much so mm-hmm. that 
they had initially hired her to just do like the episode she needed to do, like maybe two or three. And they kept her on for a lot more. Um, And this is not a spoiler, but because you find out immediately, but she's been murdered. Like her character is dead. So they they Mm. just brought back her as dead because she's so she was so incredible and like so charismatic. And and, like, so and I think I really think she's awesome. Difficult. That speaks volumes because clearly she's also (laughs) great to work with. Yes. True, yeah. True. 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 Yeah. Exactly. You want to have her around. Ugh, what. Yeah. What. What. Awesome. What. Awesome celebs for this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, and more. We'll get into it. Yeah. 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 Everyone's um, killing it. So, uh, Jennifer's body came out in two thousand nine. We should. We mm-hmm. should move on soon. But um, it is definitely you know was was sort of earmarked as this feminist piece. Um, and it was written by, uh, Diablo Cody, who wrote Juno. Um, and, uh, you know, she definitely wanted this film to be all about, like, female friendships and, like, complex relationships between female friends and have a female empowerment message. But I, I, I don't necessarily know if I, definitely when it came out and I was 12, I had no idea, like, what the fuck they were trying to do with this. And, like, now I think I appreciate it way more. (laughs) Yes. I think that I appreciate it more. I also think that, like, I don't... It's not a perfect movie. I don't know if it does exactly what it sets out to do. I think it's an interesting, um, like, piece of art to be consumed and, like, to be considered in its larger framework. But... Totally. Yeah. Yeah, it is it is at least like way more interesting than other than I thought it was gonna be. Um Absolutely. Uh and also um I realized another connection I had to this movie is that the screenwriter wrote a memoir at age twenty seven called Candy Girl, A Year in the Life of an Unlikely Stripper about how she right. quit her day job to do that full time and um, I didn't before I had watched this movie I had a friend who like lent me that book and I was like that's so cool and that was sort of like I don't know just like the first for me like dipping my toe in the water of being like maybe what we know about like sex work and like sex work adjacent things is like so wrong and like they're just like normal people and that that was sort I think I was like maybe 13 when I read it um, which, which it wow. felt so risque <laughs> <laughs> like to like totally. read about a stripper, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so she's cool. I did see that. Uh, what's her name? Amanda Seyfried said she was really uh, relieved to be cast because she was, I guess, at this point in her life, she was like, I was really worried about pressure of feeling like you have to look attractive in every movie, and I had a lot of fun, like playing someone like no one wanted to have sex with <laughs> which is not it's not true but like her boyfriend you know, wanted to have sex with her. yeah her like <laughs> perfectly fine boyfriend <laughs> um <laughs> um but you know it, it is funny to be i'm sure many people were like amanda amanda what was it like acting beside megan fox bombshell yeah. she's like yeah what the fuck do you want me to say <laughs> like um should we jump in Jane? yes we should Okay, Needy tells her story from a mental hospital. She grew up in Devil's Kettle, named after a waterfall where the water goes into a hole and never comes out. 
Two months earlier, she was your usual nerd and best friends with Jennifer, a hot cheerleader. Needy's boyfriend, Chip, doesn't seem to like Jennifer that much and thinks she manipulates Needy. One night, Jennifer brings Needy to see Low Shoulder play a ba- their band. Their band named Low Shoulder and flirts <laughs> with the lead singer. Needy hears him talking about how Jennifer is probably a virgin. A serious fire erupts randomly and the lead singer puts Jennifer in his van under the guise of protecting her. That night, Jennifer shows up at Needy's house covered in blood and vomits a massive amount of black goo. Mm, so true. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's something jarring about hearing such a concise uh, synopsis of that because it's like, yeah, that's crazy. It's a crazy <laughs> movie. <laughs> um, but everything you said is correct. I... <laughs> think that this movie like as much as it is about uh like teenage female friendship particularly with the sort of queer psychosexual bent um it's also so much like it is about low shoulder like low shoulder (laughs) honestly i i think that that is one of the best constructed parts of this film i think that adam brody is gives the performance of a lifetime yes yes this is the thing that i was researching because for me i feel like okay what are like the cultural um contexts of this film that are really like at play in a big way and obviously war on terror is like very (laughs) present yeah yeah and i think it's like one war on terror and two like indie rock bands yeah (laughs) green day the pillars the pillars of society yeah 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 um because we open on if i'm not mistaken we open on jennifer lying in her like canopy bed underneath her fallout boy poster yes and bringing some of my own research to the table if i may (laughs) I was reading a lot about, like, the construction of Low Shoulder um, and kind of, like, the context of that being... Because while I was watching it, I was like, they really got this right. Like, this feels yeah, like Snow yeah, Patrol. Yeah, it feels so feels good, like yeah. Fray, like, and the song Through Snow the Trees, Patrol. like, it really feels like this era of music, which was kind of, like, the last time that rock music was um like top 40 whatever like what's the predominant sure yeah yeah yeah. listen to by the teens and that transition from like the blatantly misogynistic rock of the like all time up into the like 80s and then 90s kind of like grunge emo but like indie to the like early 2000s like indie sensitive thinly veiled misogyny but also like <laughs> selling out and wanting to be really successful which is obviously right a big part right of the story here so i yeah i think that low shoulder is perfectly constructed and also while we're talking about this first section of the movie i have to comment upon the 9-11 shots at the bar which <laughs> i <laughs> 
wrote down the line because my notes were poorly constructed, but I did write this one down. I just wrote 9-11 tribute shots, but the fact that she says that they're red, white, and blue, but that you have to drink them fast, otherwise they turn kind of brown, like, that's good writing. Yeah, I think that's, I think it's so genius. I did not, we did not intend for this to come out after 9-11 to be recorded. The 20-year anniversary. (laughs) In the same month as 9-11. Um, I'm so happy you brought up Low Shoulder because I was also going to say, I forgot to say this, that they were actually trying to put Pete Wentz or mm-hmm. um, I forgot the name of the guy from Good Charlotte as that role. Benji I'm Madden. Glad, I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah. Madden. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad they didn't. I also think Adam Brody is incredible. Like, I remember watching this movie for the first so time and being good. like, he is so good in this. Yeah. Um, but a problem they had was that Adam Brody doesn't sing. Um, mm-hmm. So all the singing is lip singing. It's someone else, like some other. It's actually another member of the band is like the person's actually singing. But he does capture like what he's supposed to look like while singing yeah. like really well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was transported. I feel like the band and particularly Adam Brody understood that this movie was fun in a way that sometimes... Yes. Sometimes yeah. the movie doesn't the understand. Yeah. And also, the I feel like the reviewers mm-hmm. didn't get it. Like, yes. initially when people were like, this movie was bad, I was like, no, it's silly. And when Adam Brody, whenever he's on the screen, I'm like, he knows that this is a joke. He knows, like, he's very yeah, in on the knows. joke. And he's so good. Yeah. And he's cute. And also, some <laughs> other stars, Chris, mm-hmm. speaking yes. of 9-11, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. I don't know why I associate, <laughs> I, I associate 9-11 with Chris Pratt. Is that a personal because problem? Because he's a Republican. Yeah, I think that's why. <laughs> and he, he does he probably... play... Oh, go ahead, Dima. No, I was just going to say that he probably loves the war on terror. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's a patriot. He he does have a very 9-11 character in it who's just like a big cop who like you can tell loves his country and like is sad about 9-11. Like, I thought you were going to say you can Chris tell... Pratt has a 9-11 face. No. <laughs> You can tell that his character like sets his alarm to like remember 9/11 every Oh my god. Every, every 9/11 so- during the day. <laughs> oh no. Oh, oh no. no. Okay. Um, also Johnny Simmons. Switching topics. Johnny yes, Simmons. Yes. He's um, in Perks of Being a Wallflower. I will say that Yes, he's um, also in Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, I Wait, think he's who? cute. Johnny Simmons, Amanda S's boyfriend. Okay, See, okay. You can, you I didn't know him prior to this. I feel like he is the perfect kind of bland. I did, mm-hmm. you know what? I did watch another movie with him. Never mind, not going to go into it. But one thing I will say that I hated is that he, I like don't even want to say this out loud. He says the term <gasps> front butt, which really, like <laughs> really, really, really upsets me. I can see your I w- front butt. I was actually going to say something about like the insults and like the offensive stuff in the writing is really real mm-hmm. to me. And it's just like mm. good writing. Dima, we've like done movies where I was like the bullying feels fake and like none of the like in none of the mean stuff in here felt like fake to me, which is really good. And like, I don't know how they eh, anyway. Well, yeah, because um, I think what they sort of get right and what I have questions about is the the female friendship and a question i had for you both is did you have friends i mean this is sort of hard to talk about it because it's like it's complicated but did you have any friends in high school and i was going to give an example where you felt you had to dress a certain way for them which is kind of one thing that happens in this beginning part is that she tells 
or Amanda, Amanda's like, I can't show my boobs because tits yeah, are so Jennifer's things. Do you want to say your example first? Uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't have one. Oh, I thought you, I thought you were I saying thought you like, I'm gonna... with that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, I was going to say, I can go, I was going to say mm-hmm. n- not at all like about, um, tits but i did have a friend i had a friend i was a horse girl or i still am a horse girl yes and horse woman um oh and um one of my like horse girl friends who is like her family is basically like um crazy rich asians like in real life as you can imagine and she was very scary to me she was very cool she like knew all about makeup she knew all about music she like was kissing boys like she was very scary to me and like there was definitely like a little bit of like energy when i did hang out with them outside of doing horse girl shit that um like i was like i don't know maybe i'm cool enough maybe i'm not um and so not so much about my boobies but (laughs) i did think really hard every time i was gonna hang out with her like Mm. what i wanted to look like um yeah and that that was like something and then also i just had like a a phase where i didn't want to wear makeup and i feel like i had girly or friends that were always like oh cute let's put makeup on isa and like that was like an energy that like always didn't work too because a lot of these people were lighter skinned than me and now that i'm older i'm like that that makeup won't work (laughs) um oh god uh but yeah, so that sort of like energy of like the more alpha person is mm. like familiar to me. And it's one of the only movies from this era where like an alpha girl and like, I don't know how you would describe a man, a normal person, like really love each other, but like have a complex relationship, which I like. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Do you have any, re- any scary friends? <laughs> no, I didn't have I definitely didn't have any relationships like that in high school um I did have like a very intense middle school best friend you know Mm. like that was the one time in my life where and I feel yeah it's funny I feel like this movie would have felt much more like relevant or interesting I mean in terms of my own life to me at that point like just in terms Mm. of um a friendship that is like uh, weirdly close to use that language and I think it's not weird because I think it's really common but yeah just like the the intensity of like best friendship um during you know from age like 11 to 13 so really chaotic years and I think that um like I remember there being jokes about, but not even, like, in our school, but I remember more, like, us joking about or, like, her mom joking about, like, us being gay or, like, the possibility of us being gay. Yeah, yeah. And so far as I know, well, I have no idea what her sexuality is at this point in my life, but, like, I'm bi, and I don't know if I was, like, attracted to her or not, but I think that all of those components were present, And I think that those relationships can just be, I mean, 
I love that like the opening line of this is like hell is a teenage girl um, because that's such a like loaded but also ambiguous statement (laughs) Um, and I think it plays with that idea well but yeah so I did have that like intense kind of relationship but for thankfully in high school um, I never had like a a domineering friend <laughs> a fear a fear based a fear based friendship like that. yeah exactly. yeah i mean the the screenwriter she talked about like yeah when you're like female friendships in your teens are so like intense and like people don't really talk about but like you know you want to like sleep over every night and like mm-hmm. talk on the phone like about nothing for like forever and like there's just like these like very intense feelings of like want to be together all the time um, yeah. And like you kind of you kind of like your friends when you're grown up, but you don't like want to sleep in the same bed with them like all the time. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Uh, so that that is totally something. Again, like feel like they captured really well. I'm I am very confused about the assumption of low shoulder that Megan Fox is a virgin. Oh, it's explained. I mean, I agree, but it's explained that because she's sort of obvious because like she's like overtly hard. sexual that she mm-hmm. she like wouldn't actually give it up that she's like a tease i feel like that just doesn't it like doesn't exist anymore like <laughs> that piece of like assumption i don't know if that exists anymore yeah i don't think it I ever still, existed probably not i think it's always yeah. been a trope i think it's existed more in in media than in life um, I don't my only my true, other but... comment was that when she vomits the goo, they filmed <laughs> it with her spitting out Hershey's syrup, which I think is a fun <gasps> fact. Wait, that's like a fun. Really? That's a fun thing. Obviously, they like edit it some more, but yeah, a really yeah. fun thing about this movie <laughs> is bit. that they mix they mix like real life like stuff and like prosthetics and Hershey's syrup with like VFX, and so that's why it like mm. it doesn't look like awfully aged yeah you're watching it's so good and if you go on the wikipedia you can you can read like paragraphs about how they did her makeup for like the scary scenes later on like it's so it's really cool actually wait i I have a question this look so good about the hershey syrup when you say she was (laughs) spitting it out i can't help but imagine her kind of like taking sips of it and being like tuh like, was there a contra- was there a contraption set up that was like there was yeah okay okay there was a contraction so that she didn't have to hold all of it like in her neck okay right her because that was like a, a pelican thick stream yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. like a fire hose of liquid <laughs> her body should we should we move on to yeah. another celeb sighting yes okay at school mm. the next day jennifer acts like everything is fine while everyone is mourning the people killed in the fire she seduces <laughs> and then eats the football captain <laughs> jennifer is glowing after the kill but a month later she feels sick she then kills colin a boy she knows that needy likes needy senses something bad has happened and rushes home nearly hitting jennifer who once again is covered in blood jennifer comes to needy's house makes out with her and then explains that low shoulder offered her as a virgin sacrifice to satan in exchange for fame that night she made her first kill and realized that eating people gave her superpowers i wrote jk simmons i forgot that he was in this despite me watching this for the third time um, I was going to say J.K. Simmons has a line where he says, despite your concerns about who's a cool dude and who's a hoe. Um, yeah, I wrote that I line, that. too. 
I love Incredible. it. Incredible. Also, another great line, where are you at, Monastat? <laughs> mm, absolutely. J.K. Simmons is a notable cameo in this because yes. he always gives 110%. I think it's fair <laughs> to say. And this is no exception. And totally. I also, okay, are we going to talk about his hook hand? <laughs> Disability representation. I was literally like, I'm so curious about. It's not addressed. Like, it's not addressed. I'm, I'm curious about like, the, like how that came to be in the movie. Like I'm so, like I could read a Wikipedia article on his hook hand. <laughs> I would venture a guess. This isn't even a guess. It's just a random speculation that there could be a version of the script somewhere in which the hand is addressed. And then they were like, okay, mm. this is extraneous. We're cutting this. But then they never were like, well, then does he need to have the yeah. hand? And it just kind of was like a vestigial, like. <laughs> and J.K. But, Simmons was like, yeah, I want to keep it. <laughs> I know. But there was also like, again, such a like Iraq war presence of this movie where I was like, is this supposed to be like a combat injury? I mean, he wasn't giving combat vibes, but I, yeah, but why would it be a hook? (laughs) Yeah. Why would it be a hook? And also, yeah, no, that makes no sense. But yeah, I mean, maybe 9-11. But his age wasn't even right. Like that would have been like a Vietnam injury. Like, I don't know. Oh, true, true. But he was very patriotic. There's a lot of patriotism in this movie. Uh, I am calling upon the listeners of Under the Bleachers. This is unprecedented for a guest (laughs) to make this call to action, but I am stepping into that role. And I'm calling on you to bring us information on the choice to have J.K. Simmons' character in Jennifer's body have not a prosthetic hand, but a hook hand. (laughs) Yeah. incredible i think that there's no other way to like say that except hook hand right like there's no like, <laughs> there's not a pc term for that nicer, yet. Way, nicer way to say that um i do think when they're just interacting around the school like a lot of the again like her just being like rude but hot yeah. i really liked and then also realistic that like the one guy like talks to amanda seyfried and sorry i'm so hesitant and um and Jennifer is like, you never talked to him. And she's like, yeah, we like talked in like one class. Like just just the like relationships and interactions felt very real. And yeah, um, it's so little. But like we obviously we, we see a lot of like high school interaction movies. And it just like, ugh. yeah, I'm like, ugh, why can't they all do this? Uh, one comment quickly. The, the actor who plays Colin is also in Veronica Mars. So wow, this is me plugging Veronica Mars. I will say that I really like that she kills the boy that she knows that Needy not even has a crush on, but just has an acquaintance with. Or yeah, yeah. And I feel like we—that's when you sort of, at least that's when I kind of understand that the the power dynamics is is not Mm. exactly what you think it is. Like you think that you think that um, Needy is going along with whatever Jennifer says, but really Jennifer is kind of more Maybe? yeah yeah i don't know it's just it's just not what you'd expect <laughs> and she's she's insecure as is later revealed and so i think that's really interesting what i wanted to ask is do you think the makeout scene has a genuine purpose or was it just added 
to be like sexy and to to maybe like get some viewers i so i read a bunch about this and i would okay so i'll say what they said and then we can say how much we believe it so okay like obviously everyone was like or i can imagine if this came out like more recently tumblr teens would be like this is objectifying you know everyone would maybe try to be mad and like sensationalize it but um you know at least for diablo cody and for the director um karen kusama like they were like it's meant to be a hot scene and there is like Mm -hmm. a sexual energy between these girls but like it's again like trying to capture this like how intense like friendship can be when you're a teen and then like there are like sort of you know maybe some erotic undertones there and like that was part of it and like i i do feel like um you know that's part of it in like uh needy being into it and then pulling away and being like wait what the hell (laughs) um so yeah she was like it was like intentional and it means something but i but i think it's both (laughs) it's both (laughs) Mm -hmm. why not both like it is they know that people are gonna like talk about it and it's like for a reason yeah i think i agree with that i mean like without having that background information my answer regardless was like i'm pro i'm pro makeout scene (laughs) um i like the way that it's shot um and obviously it's like it's a very hot makeout scene. Like, I think, and I think that that is a virtue. I don't think that that, you know? Um, yeah. But I also like uh, that it is, like, the really intense close-up because there is, like, a, like, sexiness to it, but it also, like, we're not getting their bodies, you know? So mm. it's very much about the kiss. It's not about, like, which makes it almost, like, it takes away for me the broader sort of like fetishization or objectification of like lesbian sexuality because it's not about like watching their bodies be together like it is about the like intimacy of like a kiss um yeah that's a good so point you're like I, sort I, of I like in her head yeah, yeah yeah i'm getting intense um pretentious film teen like <laughs> Like intelligence, knowledge, experience. Like I can see uh, that. Um, I was gonna say, and I I like that. You know, a lot of the like sex in this movie, like, is a little bit like sort of trying to figure out if Needy is maybe attracted to Jennifer, but also mm-hmm. like maybe not that Needy is like not straight, but that Jennifer is just like sexy and like scary and her boyfriend's not Mm -hmm. either of those things kind of Mm. and like that's sort of like part of being a teenager and being like oh that's kind of like scary but like i kind of like it and i don't know that that i think is really well done and she she like leans into it and then she's like whoa what's what's happening like why do i like this um yeah that's sort of yeah my only hesitation is the context of that she almost hit this girl with her car while she was covered in blood. I don't know. I guess I'm just like... Oh, you're like, why are they... Yeah. There's just an inch... Like, again, it's the power dynamics of, like, why... It, it almost feels... And I'm not against the kiss at all, but I'm I'm almost wondering if it's more just Jennifer being manipulative a little bit, which is yeah. fine. 
Right. I do think Needy seems to be turned on by feeling scared, which is not for me. Yeah. That's <laughs> like true. horror horror sexy horror sexy was like not really my thing. Like I wasn't even mm. really into like the vampire like teen stuff very much. Mm-hmm. But like it definitely is a like thing. Like mm. yeah. That's true. Right. But it's interesting because I feel like uh so many of those like thinking about twilight and thinking mm-hmm. about any of those kind of like blending romance and horror they feel very like uh moralistic and prescriptive in terms of being like boys are monsters and they will true, kill true. you you know and so because of the differing gender dynamic in this movie i feel like it's also different in terms of like the relationship between fear and like arousal or desire because i also think that the fear is more transgressive like there's a fear because like your friend is a demon succubus but there's also (laughs) like a fear of transgressive sexuality you know Mm. i do think that needy is queer okay okay yeah yeah, yeah. you've heard it here Um, I was going to ask a question, and it was, do you remember any Raise Awareness pop rock songs that were floating around when you were a teen? I, have, I, can go, I, can go, I can go and start one. One yeah. was, um, I do remember uh, We Are the World was like a really oh, big one with all I the sang that. I sang that at my yeah. fifth grade. Not me alone. My whole fifth grade <laughs> had to sing that. At our fifth grade, you did that promotion. as a solo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I we our choir like sang it at the end of a concert, and she had like little mini solos, and um, she had the one. This is like really terrible. She had the one black kid in in the choir sing like a part of it that is like not in English and is like a language from the African continent, and I've heard us like, what the oh fuck is God. happening? Oops. <laughs> Um, yeah, but We Are the World is like a big song in my consciousness at that time because it, it just like I did watch the music video with all the celebs. I don't know why that was appealing to me at the time, but it was fun to just watch all of them sing a song. Yeah. And that was big in the Philippines. Yeah. I guess that makes sense because it's cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sorry. Don't yeah. cancel me. No, 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 no. Filipinos are corny. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but maybe not, yeah, actually, now that I'm thinking back, maybe not, like, rock band songs reached that level of, like, I don't want to say social justice, <laughs> like, that level of, like, trying to, like, <laughs> be be good for the world. <laughs> yes, no, I think there's really something to that, because, like, while this movie does have a Bush-era feel to it, obviously, it came <laughs> out in 2009, and I feel like... You can say, okay, like, Bush era, post 9-11, increased patriotism, war on terror. But then transitioning to, like, Obama first term, hope. And I feel like there was a large, like, cultural and societal moment around this period where um, U.S. patriotism was moving away from being based on, like, combating terrorism or being like we're under attack and was more based on like the um 
kind of like white savior, like we're going to band together. To, like I'm thinking about Coney and <laughs> I am, we're, the two things on my mind right now are Coney and Tom's shoes, like as a... <gasps> oh, <laughs> oh my God. no. Oh I have to God. admit that I had approximately four I'm pairs of those to- <laughs> at one time. Not not over my lifetime. Oh my God. Within one moment, I owned I had four a pair pairs. and I, I did like them. I did like how they felt, but ooh. <laughs> I did like doing something good for the world is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I'm a hero. <laughs> you like Tom's being a young shoes. activist. Yeah. <laughs> And also, wait, remember Tom's shoes had no shoe day. And there yes. was the day when everyone would run around without shoes. And we were like, yeah. Not okay. Not okay. That was so the moment. We were like, we're going to save the world with like positivity not, and not buying okay. espadrilles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot Ooh. of like, like, I don't know what I'm talking about right now, but I'm also <laughs> thinking about the like I heart boobies wristbands. Like, it was just <laughs> such a time of like, <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like, or like the wristbands that are like, you like, can put like any slogan on them or live, yeah. str- live strong bands. Live strong, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like our equivalent now is you're not buying a piece of junk. You're buying something that's very, very expensive and you're saying that because it's expensive, like a hydro flask is what I'm thinking. Like, you're like, yes. oh, it's a hydro flask. It's a quality product. And like everything they're doing in the background is like sustainable. And so it's a little exactly. less cheesy, but honestly, it's not. If we're being honest, it's like not it's that still, different. Yeah, it's still corny. It's the yeah, same. Yeah. yeah, it's less gimmicky, but it's like as insidious in terms of like uh, greenwashed capitalism. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. We should. Wow. <laughs> We should. This we is should a highbrow episode. Yeah, we should move on. I'm really excited. <laughs> okay. All right. Needy does some research at the school <laughs> library and determines that Jennifer is a succubus. Since Jennifer wasn't actually a virgin, she was permanently possessed. Needy warns Chip not to go to the school dance because Jennifer is evil and will go on a free- feeding frenzy, but he thinks she's crazy. She breaks up with him as an act of protection. Chip heads to the dance anyway, and Jennifer tells him that Needy and Colin had been sleeping together. As Low Shoulder starts playing at the dance, Jennifer kisses Chip and then brings him to an abandoned pool. Needy senses what's happening and interrupts as Jennifer starts to feed on Chip. She tells Jennifer that she's insecure and a bad friend. Chip manages to impale Jennifer with a pool skimmer, but that honestly doesn't do much, and he still dies. Um, I love the research montage in the occult (laughs) section of the school library. (laughs) And they even make a joke about that where Chip is like, we have an occult section. And she's like, it's really small. But I'm like, it didn't seem that small. Like, (laughs) It's really funny. It's really funny. Wait, Um, are we, we always talk about water and abandoned pools. Is that correct, Issa? That's true. Well, we just had recently watched Chemical Hearts and there's an abandoned fish pond. I would argue that this is maybe cleaner. I don't know. What is it? I was going to say any abandoned pool vibes in your town. (laughs) Oh, that's a real question? Yeah. Like I actually, well, I feel like your answer is no, Jane, because we talked about how we would never... But I, I did, the only time in my life I've seen a pool that looked like this was um, for a while, my grandma on my mom's side had a pool at her house that like once my mom and her siblings grew up and moved away, like she never used. And one time, I, I remember being really little 
and going and looking at it and the whole surface was covered with leaves and just mm. like feeling really creeped out and like anything yeah. could be on it. But I was like, you know, eight years old or something. Um, but that that's like that what they scary, were trying to though. do. It yeah. is. It is scary. And it's like so like dark and there's like frogs in it. Um, <laughs> but I don't think. Yeah, I don't think in my teens I was ever like I would just go to the mall. Yeah, you wouldn't go. To- <laughs> so I once, once with the same guy that I saw Transformers with, we like went into the we went into the closed public pool and we were just playing frisbee. And two mm. cop car came came two cop cars came, <laughs> and they had oh. us like call our parents and we got in trouble. Um, oh, but what's wow. really funny is. One of the cops said, no, they were weirdly nice. Uh, I mean, obviously they were bored out of their fucking minds. But um, one of the cops told one of our moms that he essentially said, I'd rather have have them be doing this than playing video games all day. Anyway, this is just a story about white privilege, but um, (laughs) crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My middle school friend who I had an intense psychosexual relationship with uh we used to sneak into the town public pool in the dark of night and go skinny dipping oh my sorry gosh. is this movie about you like, is, this, <laughs> is this movie is this movie about like secretly about your life <laughs> i think it might have been inspired by it's like not based on but inspired by so they have like more creative liberty yeah um no, definitely not. I mean, again, this also you at definitely. A age. I can't believe I can't believe you went skinny dipping in middle school. That seems that's very cool. Um, <laughs> thank you for thinking that's cool. Um, <laughs> I have yeah. a question. Oh no, you yeah. finished. Sorry. No, I just think like we. <laughs> Like part of what played into our friendship and the way that we egged each other on is we, as many like middle schoolers are, we were very obsessed with high schoolers. Like we wanted to be mm. older, you know. Mm. So I think we like uh, performed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm okay. still doing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, my question, and I this is sort of like maybe a more general question, but I'm trying to understand this movie. Is Megan Fox's character punished because she is an insecure mm. attention seeker? Like, is that the lesson we're supposed to take away from this? I mean, I don't, I don't think that's right. But I'm just curious about what we're supposed to learn from she's kind of a bad friend, although she's experiencing what so many people experience, which is like insecurity and taking that out in um, an unhelpful way. But then yeah. her punishment is being a demon and getting killed <laughs> it's complicated because i think well okay i have to say i am very easily scared so i'm not super familiar with horror as a genre and obviously Same. this is like horror comedy I can handle it and also it's not like really like I think that if you were a big horror fan you'd probably be like bitterly disappointed by this movie because it's not scary um (laughs) but in terms of like the morality of it I feel like she has to die but then it is that it feels like a classic um trope that like 
the sort of killer monster, whatever, they die, but then the um, protagonist takes on their whatever identity yeah. their role i feel like this is something that you see in a lot of horror movies or that i've read about while reading the wikipedia page of a lot of horror movies because <laughs> you're too, too scared. scared to see them isa um, you you know about horror like you you're a horror yeah you can handle I, stuff I enjoy, I enjoy horror movies i was gonna say i think i feel similarly that because needy then becomes that girl um yeah. like that that sort of like eases quote unquote Jennifer being punished. But mm-hmm. also I think like if 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 Jennifer is also supposed to be like a queer teen like raging against like her friend being heterosexual, she's like, why do you need him? Like mm-hmm. then like in the end, like well does Chip die? Yeah, Chip's dead. Yeah, yeah. He just died. So the boyfriend's gone and Needy is now also like turned against men in a way and or mm-hmm. just against low shoulder. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> Um, and so in, in my mind, like Jennifer sort of like wins, um, because, yeah. because of that, but she, she does mm-hmm. die. Obviously it's a little bit like promising young woman. Oh, spoiler. Um, that like she's dead, but she wins kind of is the vibe mm-hmm. for me. I um, guess. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people didn't like promising young woman because of that, but mm-hmm. I did like that movie. Um, maybe if I'm trying to understand this, Megan, Jennifer, She's like embodying misogyny in some ways because she like her insecurity is a lot to do with the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. And then like this these men take advantage of her and that's why she becomes like literally a monster is because of these men. Yeah, and she like right. and it's always like low shoulder and not chip. Like I mean I mean she is like angry at chip but just because of his relationship with needy like and it's not even they don't even make the football guy that she kills earlier like they don't really make him like terrible. No, she's he's just, just like, a he's just no. a dumb kid. He's just, he's just I think out. that's significant. All of her victims are like really innocent. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also think Jane like they did so much with like the cool like makeup and just like design <laughs> and looks of the entire of this like section of the movie where she and Needy are like fighting. That for me, I was just more focused on like the two of them sort of finally having a conversation while trying to. Should I her. should I say the last part? Um, Sorry, because we're yeah. Right. I really it's really yeah. short. Honestly, yeah, I should have been cool. Okay. So Needy breaks into Jennifer's bedroom and they fight. Needy stabs Jennifer, killing her and destroying the demon. Jennifer's mom walks in on the scene and later Needy is sent to an asylum. She reflects on how different she is now and shares that she gained some of jennifer's powers when she was bitten she escapes the asylum tracks down low shoulder and murders them yeah i guess i just like because it was sort of about them i didn't Mm -hmm. think too much about sort of what you were saying like the morality of like why she dies because they they just sort of made it like this is the first time they're actually talking about their friendship which sucks that like then she dies but yeah. yeah. Also, I'm sorry to say, if my mom found me and my friend in the bed covered with blood, she would definitely check on me first. Like, she wouldn't cradle my friend in her arms. She'd be like, are you okay first? My daughter. I didn't even catch that. <laughs> it's also interesting. Even her interesting. mom likes Megan Fox more. <laughs> <sighs> um, That's the first time that we see, because that's Jennifer's mom. 
Oh, I yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mom. Yeah. Yeah. I was. Never mind. Never yeah. Mind. It's Jennifer's mom. Confused. It's in Jennifer's bedroom. Yeah. And that's the first time that we get any glimpse of like Jennifer being a person who like has a family, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, which is yeah. also kind of interesting. But I mean, I think in terms of the messaging, I feel like this movie is confused by itself in a way that is maybe like productive because it is taking on so many things because it's very much about misogyny. And I mean, I, it's so funny um, when I think this is when Jennifer is like telling Needy what happens and she's in the back of the van with low shoulder and she says, are you guys rapists? And Adam Brody <laughs> says, God, I hate girls. And I just like, <laughs> lo- that is so good. Like that is yeah, to yeah, me, yeah. the movie, it's like, you know, whatever. Thumbs up for that alone. It's so funny. <laughs> um, and I love that distillation of misogyny in the most like literal way but um also talking about like it's not like i hate women it's like i hate girls and the fact that this is a band where their fan base is predominantly girls girls, is girls Mm. so girls are like what they rely upon to have like financial success and you know popular success um but there is this like hatred misogyny um in addition to like Uh, predatory behavior obviously so I think it's so much about misogyny and I think it's so much about like um girls uh feeling because they're so sexualized I think you try to like regain your power by being like I am in control of my sexuality and I can use it to my own ends and I think that this movie does a good job of portraying um like the fallacy of that which is like not that girls are like disempowered but just that I don't know I'm thinking about like at the beginning when Jennifer is talking to Needy and I also again with like the stylized dialogue in this film that is wild but she refers to their tits as like smart bombs Um, and she's basically just saying this thing of like we are in control like we have all the power because we have what they want which is our bodies and it's like I think that feeling that way is uh, a part of girlhood, but then there's also like the reality of like sometimes you were in unsafe situations and you don't have control over it and that, you know, and like I, I, I think it balances that well because then ultimately when she is like violated, I mean, stabbed repeatedly, like violated in the worst way by these men, and she comes back, I think that it's significant that it's not like she then becomes like, it isn't like a promising young woman thing where she's like, I'm going to kill bad men. Like she's just killing, she's killing boys and she's also killing innocent boys. And she says Mm. while she's killing Colin, she's like, like, I need you scared. I need you hopeless. And I think that it's interesting that there's this reversal of like, like she does become a sort of monster where she is enacting a type of revenge, but by like putting innocent, also like literal, I mean, teens um, in a situation where their power is like completely stripped from them. Yeah. And I think that like that's such a part of it. But then obviously the whole like female friendship, 
thing with Needy is like another part of it and her insecurity. So I sort of feel like thematically it's a little bit like muddled, but there's so much. Yeah. 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 I have a question, Dima. You told us that you hated this movie upon first watch. <laughs> and then your your like next iteration, it you you didn't like fully flip. It didn't seem like you were like, I love it. So I but you've been very positive uh, throughout this podcast. So I'm interested in why you hated it and also yeah. like what what all, what you still don't like about it. Okay. So the first time I watched it, I watched it alone. And I don't think that was I don't think that's the right way to enjoy this movie because mm-hmm. it is so absurd and I think that having someone to laugh with makes it a lot more fun. Um, Agree. And I just didn't, but like honestly, and I don't necessarily feel this way now, but to answer how I felt at the time, um, I didn't really like the script and I thought that the pacing was weird. I found it kind of slow. I thought that it was a little lateral and I really I like the point because I will confess I didn't even think about this in terms of like the killings becoming more about Needy um and like her killing Colin because of like Needy being friends with him um because otherwise it felt kind of arbitrary and yeah like it's int- I mean this is maybe like a separate conversation but the fact that the first person she kills is the Indian Sikh exchange student. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> who never I totally speaks. forgot that. They were like, he got lost in the fire and we have no idea like where yeah. he is. Is anyone yeah. looking for him? <laughs> um so that's kind of, you know, I think you could do like another episode about that. But <laughs> um I yeah, I don't know. I just, for me, it wasn't, like, enough. Like, I wanted it to either yeah. go more balls to the wall with, like, horror or with, like, campiness or, like, it felt weirdly subdued for being, like, such an absurd <laughs> movie. But re-watching it with, I watched it with a friend yesterday and my friend loved it and so, like, that mm. rubbed off on me. And I think, mm, you know, fun. that can impact your experience so much. So, like... I think that vicariously through her, I was like, I'm having fun watching this. And I also just had like a much greater appreciation for the performances because I think that Megan Fox's performance in some ways is a little, not flat, like in a negative way, but it's just, a you know, she's kind of like monotone. Um, but then I was thinking about the lines that she is delivering and they are hard lines to deliver. Yeah, and like, Jesus. Yeah, like, I'm thinking about when she... It's, like, going to be hard for me to say this out loud. In the same way it was, like, hard to say, like, front butt. Um, when she <laughs> says to Colin, like, God, like, you give me such a wetty. Like, oh, that oh. is, like... so hard. That yeah. is hard to say. And she gets yeah. it out convincingly. And so, like, props yeah. to her on just, like delivering that like nuts dialogue in a way where you're kind of like uh, I guess um, yeah that's her character yeah my yeah. tit yeah. my tit my tit that. yeah her yeah. dying <laughs> words um, I love that so I had more appreciation for her performance um and I also think that like generally I like re-watching movies and feel like I'll appreciate um more on a second watch 
So, uh, yeah, I, I feel more positively about it, but I think I understand why people love this so much. I will say that, like, the Diablo Cody dialogue, I appreciate it. I understand how someone could really enjoy it. It's not necessarily not my thing. Not for you. Gotcha. Not for you. So we shouldn't have you back for Juno, for example. Well, it's because <laughs> that one goes that there. I know it does, but I am like desperate to rewatch Juno now. I'm probably mm. going to do that today. Yeah. <gasps> Ooh. Okay. I love that. Okay. I love that you're like. Um, you know what? I don't like this, but I do need to watch more of it. <laughs> I have another um, question. Sorry. Okay. Go. Where does Where does Needy go from here? Does she go to college? <laughs> <laughs> following she's a typical a teen trope oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah well i was gonna say i if she doesn't get caught f- well she's gonna get caught for killing low shoulder i do love the lo-fi like credits mm-hmm. like her killing them i think that's fun um so yeah fun. i unfortunately think she'll go back into the i don't understand do you understand why she has so many fans in the asylum like, in th- the start of the movie, she has a bunch of fan mail. <gasps> yeah, that's an interesting question because <gasps> they don't... Do you think... Sorry. Do you think people no, think she hear. was the killer? Was she blamed for all of the killings? Oh, like the boy. This is totally, oh. like, this could be I don't completely know. wrong. No, that's a great uh, insight or potential. That's a great reading, I think. Because Thank you. And you're probably right because obviously, well, okay, to like get into the weeds with it, Jennifer is not going to be blamed because the only one who is like saying it was Jennifer would be needy and obviously she is not in a position to be believed. However, she stabbed Jennifer, but she didn't eat her. So I don't know if those killings would necessarily feel super linked. Mm. Um, if I were the small town detective on this case. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Which, oh, also, she does, Jennifer does say, like, all the cops like her because of um, Chris Pratt. Um, which I was like, do you mean you just slept with one cop? I don't know. But, like, so maybe that also, like, turned suspicion away from her because, like, the cops just like her, I guess. Yeah. I think that those cases would either be considered unsolved or maybe needy would would fall i I don't know i yeah i I think there might just i think there would be insufficient evidence to tie her to those crimes okay here's my my other unanswered question was i truly but like the fire was random right or like did they cause it with demon powers I think did low shoulder cause the fire? Okay, okay. I couldn't. I couldn't really get a read on that. Because it started from one of their amps, right? Oh yeah, you might be right. And they were like, at this point, Jennifer was like sort of hypnotized. Mm. Mm. Yes. It seems unnecessary. I thought the fire (laughs) was unnecessary, and they could have just like whisked her away without. You know, the fire scene is crazy. That's part of what (laughs) I struggled with my first time watching this, too. Like the bodies like on fire, which I don't and like the snapping of bones as people trampede one another. 
Right. It is it is funny because like then then JK Simmons is like talking about that. Like they have to deal with like that actually happening in the town the yeah, way that like right. a lot of other like movies don't. And she's like the smell of people like cooking. Like, right. <laughs> it's like that's a lot, but then should we, not um, really what it's about. <laughs> should we wrap up with our three questions? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And Dima, you already sort of answered a lot of this, so you don't have right. to you don't have to repeat yourself, but but um okay, we've come to the end. We're each gonna answer three questions and Dima, you can go first. Okay. Um the first one being, is this movie good or bad? I think that it transcends the good bad dichotomy. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is, that is um, a good answer. <laughs> yeah, I really do think that. I think that it's um good for the people it's good for, you know. Mm. I I don't think that um it's like morally bad. I don't <laughs> object to it. But I wouldn't even categorize it in those terms. I think that yeah. it's interesting and I think that it's fun in the correct setting. <laughs> Jane? Yeah, I totally agree. And I feel like we did a good job and maybe a more in-depth job of analyzing this movie than we normally do. But the truth is, um, if someone were to ask me like, if, if this film is feminist or not, I, I would say that doesn't matter. And I would say, if you think mm-hmm. it's fun, you should just watch it and have fun. And for that reason, I think it's a good movie because it does, it does that really well. And like, exactly like Dima said, if you think this movie is fun, you're going to think it's really fun. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also think like, because you can, you can watch it and get like really into talking about it, or you can just watch it and have fun as a horror, like campy movie. And like, because mm-hmm. of that, I think it's good. And like, I, uh, I just like also, I, I always, I'm like, Oh, I don't know if it'll, I don't know if like camp that isn't super shiny is like made anymore if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and that like that makes me a little sad and so like because of it i look back on it and like want to like keep it forever but i've watched it too many times now i think okay next question right do you like this movie and dima you sort of already (laughs) right i feel like my (laughs) yes i I spoke on that at length but yes yes i like it yeah I also like it, and I think I actually would be happy to watch this again, but if I did watch it again, I would want to watch it with a lot of people. Not a lot, mm. but like a solid yeah. like four people who That's are invested point. in watching it. Um, mm. Otherwise, I probably I don't need to watch this by myself again. <laughs> For sure. I think I, yeah, I think I agree with that, and I think I think I like it a lot. Like I think I loved watching it this time around. And I think I just, like, needed, I needed this to, like, remind me what's going on when there's a Megan Fox, like, reawakening in the, in the, in the celeb media. (laughs) Um, Okay, the third question is, what type of teen is this movie for? I mean, I think that, like, anyone who is interested in the genre... I also think that it's for, like, anyone... Well, I don't want to say anyone of, like, a marginalized gender because, uh, like, anyone could watch this and enjoy it if they're... um, I think that you have to be a little bit detached because this movie... Like, I'm thinking about kids today 
And I feel like it's easy to be like, this movie is problematic. This movie is whatever, you know? So I feel like it's uh, for a teen who, like, is interested in it and, like, going in knowing that this is going to be an experience and, like, a time capsule um, and not necessarily, like, something that they would like if it came out today, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm, like, worried that... I don't know. I'm worried that, like, people would try too much to, like, find the morality message. And we sort of, like tried that in this in this pod episode and it's like that that's not even like the best that's not even like the fun part of like watching this um yes jane i don't i don't have a great answer i was wondering if if there's a group of gen z's who who could handle this and who wouldn't question it too much and who maybe would be like gen z's like and they would be like throwback because for them it's you know (laughs) when they were yes fetuses or whatever and they could be like the the old days when whatever so i feel like there is a chunk of gen z maybe like some spooky gen z's who could like who could get into this i have to confess i oh. am gen z <laughs> Jane, wow what's your reaction? i'm uncomfortable I never <laughs> but Wait, Dima, really... how old are you i'm 23 but okay yeah, i yeah. so i'm cusp and even though by birth I am Gen Z, I am the youngest sibling. So mm-hmm. because of that, I have millennial siblings. <laughs> and so I feel like my childhood was more of like a millennial childhood. Culturally, mm-hmm. you um, are Gen culturally. Z. Well, I don't know. I, I just don't make me choose, you know? Um, <laughs> because I'm so out of touch. Like, I'm not on TikTok. Like, t- I am a, an ancient zoomer like by it's funny i i had a i have a coworker who was 24 when i met him last year and he was like i was like oh you're gen z and he was like no i'm a millennial like (laughs) weird "Mm." that's a weird reaction (laughs) i was like i don't know about that um i would defensive anyway i have no idea i would because he's lame just kidding um i think my (laughs) answer to this is that um, if you have a girl best friend and are interested in campy things, that's what I would say. But watch I, I also it think, with your that, yeah, yeah, see what yeah, it brings yeah, out watch in your, your relationship. <laughs> <laughs> watch it with that friend with where you have like weird psychosexual undertones. Yeah, going on. and then afterwards um, you should both write down like who you think <laughs> is who on a sheet of paper. Yes, <laughs> yes. take ten minutes. um okay um would you like to tell us dima what you're watching these days that's not this yes i'm i'm mostly watching this but um (laughs) my answer is honest but it's kind of weird because it's not necessarily indicative of like my taste but um i have been watching people of earth which is a tbs sitcom starring wyatt senek and also like a lot of like virtually every actor in it i think you would recognize if you're like a comedy fan um but it just ran for a couple of seasons and then it's one of those sad things where it was uh canceled like it very clearly like wanted and needed to have a third season but then the yeah. plug was pulled but anyway it's on hulu and i recommend it. mm. it's like a kind of um 
it's not set in space, but it is about people who are oh. um, survivors of alien abduction. Um, and it's like a fun sort of like sci-fi sitcom. Yeah, sitcom. Huh. Yeah, I would watch. <laughs> Jane? Check it out. I haven't been, well, like, I haven't committed to anything recently. The only kind of cool thing is that I read And Then There Were None by Agatha Christie, and I was like, re- I really wanted to watch one of the adaptations. And so we started um, the, uh, the 2015 TV adaptation. I think there's only three episodes, and we watched the first one. I think it's on Prime or Hulu, and I really liked it, and oh, cool. there's some really hot people in it. And so. Ooh. Like who? I showed you their pictures. I know, but you should <laughs> say the. I don't know their names. I don't care about their names. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Um, I Jane, I caught up on Only Murders in the Building at your recommendation, and I agree with you that Selena Gomez can act. Yes. I think sometimes she doesn't quite get it, but she. They should have just like done another take. Like sometimes I'm like that wasn't the best mm. take. Like you guys should have just done another one. Um, yeah. But I think she's better than I thought, and she has a cool like, voice. Like, I think her speaking voice is cool. <laughs> I really um, want to yes. see that. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it's, I it's would, I would it. recommend. It's fun. Okay. It's also, like, I don't have a lot of shows right now that I'm watching that have short episodes, and so, like, that was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday, I went to see my brother, and we went to the Almo Draft House and watched Shang-Chi, and uh, I liked it. It was fine. Marvel, too much CGI. The... Main character's dad looks a lot like my dad, and that mm. was, and he's like a villain, and it was <laughs> difficult. <laughs> like I don't know, yeah. I was really distracted. Like it was the similarity was enough that I was just like looking at photo, trying to look at photos of my dad to like post on <laughs> Facebook to be like, "Hello, relatives, don't you agree with me?" Um, <laughs> but it was it was fun. I'm not I'm not that attracted to what's his name, Simu Liu. Um, the main guy, Marvel guy. Um, mm-hmm. But I, after we watched the movie, my brother turned to me and was like, I can't believe Aquafina is now in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> and I agree with him. She's <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> um, Jane, do you want to say what our upcoming movie is? Sure. Um, continuing our spooky month, we are going to discuss I Know What You Did Last Summer. Yay. I've never seen it. And Dima, thank you so much for being here and for suggesting this one. I of course ugh, it was a thank you to so watch. much for having me. Um, would you like to plug anything at this time? I don't have any. I don't have any projects in my life. You know what I'll plug? I'll plug. How can we find you? Oh yes, I'll plug Reductress Media. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Check out Reductress on Instagram, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We're moving to TikTok because oh, wow. we're, yep, we're taking over. Um, Gen you Z. are a Gen Zer, yeah. Ugh, but I'm not. I, I'm so out of touch. <laughs> I don't. Ha- I have no people. I'm torn between two worlds. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, yeah. And you can find me on Twitter at Dima Kronfeld. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so um, much. This was awesome. It was nice to have someone who who um, knows about Quentin Tarantino to talk to. <laughs> to sort of explain this film. 
I hope that yeah. I hope listeners are offended. I hope that we actually we actually sort of got into a fight with our producer early in our relationship oh, yeah. about Quentin Tarantino. We had a friend fight with our producer. Yeah, it was oh great. It God. happened in my Drama. basement. Remember that, Jane? Yeah, in my basement. <laughs> that was a long. That was long ago. That was Under the Bleachers, our podcast about teen content. We would love if you hit that subscribe button whatever way you get your podcasts. Don't forget to rate and leave a review. And please, share us with a friend. And with a teen, you can get in touch with us at underthebleacherspod at gmail.com and find us on Twitter at at bleacherteens. Also, subscribe to our Patreon to kick us some support or to like message us about strange things like devious licks. Or to chime in if you are also between the Gen Z and Millennial and can be Dima's friend. Uh, Yeah, I need some friends. (laughs) At patreon.com slash under the bleachers pod. Okay, we will see you next time. Under Under the bleachers.